My Bible reading tonight is taken from Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 1 through to 9, and then I'm going to read verse 17 to the end of the chapter. The words will come up on the screen. We encourage you to follow with us in the Bible reading. Best still, if you have your own personal copy of the Scriptures, then we would encourage you to read that instead. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the uh, plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against another. And the king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers, and the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished. Verse 17. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself, and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king, and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the Most High God, give Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom, and majesty, and glory, and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he slew, and whom he would, he kept alive, and whom he would, he set up, and whom he would, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne. And they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men. And his heart was made like the beast. And his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven. Till he knew that the most high God ruled in the kingdom of men. And that he appointed over it whomsoever he will. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, Hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. 
and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee. And thou and thy lords, thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. This was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written, meaning, Mini tikel, you farsa. This is the interpretation of the thing, Mini. God has numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tikel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found one thing. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. In that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain, and Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, my text tonight is taken from Daniel chapter 5 and verse 30. And my theme this evening is entitled, The Night God Broke Up a Party. Now, according to Daniel chapter 5 and verse 1, we read these words, Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Now, Belshazzar was the grandson of the first king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. Belshazzar's father was called Nabondas, who was away in a military exhibition or some sort of archaeological dig, and he had placed his son on the throne to rule in his absence until he returned. One night, dated the 12th of October, 539 BC, that was the very night that witnessed the downfall of the mighty emperor of the Babylonians. The Babylonian downfall was sudden, swift, and totally unexpected. And on that very night, Belshazzar, grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, he was slain by the sword. The seemingly great and destructible empire vanished overnight. And the Medes and Persians' empire began. For two years prior to this event, when Belshazzar died at the banquet, the Medes and Persians were attacking the city of Babylon. They had besieged it. On the surface, it seemed little possibility of success. The city of Babylon was a wonder to the known world. Walls were 320 feet high. That's 97 meters the walls were 80 feet thick. You could race a number of chariots around them. They had gates of iron and gates of brass that were fortified. Not only were its fortifications unsurmountable, but its army seemed invincible. Furthermore, the besieged city had a food supply to last up to 20 years. So the Medes and Persians, well, they had no hope of starving them out into defeat. 
Within the walls of Babylon, it was like a whole countryside combined with little towns and villages. The great river, the river Euphrates, run underneath the city, right beneath its walls. The river was surrounded on every side with fields of cattle, crops in abundance. Babylon, remember, was famous for its hanging gardens. They were much in evidence, housing all manners of fruits and flowers and plants. The hanging gardens were one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. See, the Babylonians prided themselves in being a self-contained community. They had food from within. Their army was invincible. They had great walls to protect them. The Medes and Persians, well, they might just as well stay outside forever. They were never going to penetrate its defenses. Now, this confidence was in the mind of its citizens. I believe it was also in the mind of its king, Belshazzar. And proof of this is seen in the life of Belshazzar. He felt that he had so much security that he decided to have a big party for a thousand of his lords. So this great banqueting hall was uh, convened. A date was set. Thousands of the lords and their womenfolk were invited. The tables were spread. The horses and uh, their chariots would have arrived. People were dressed in their finest. The wine flowed. There was laughter. Uh, There was much singing. Merriment was the order of the day. And as the wine flowed, the senses left the people, as they always do in such circumstances. Belshazzar, who was drunk, called for the sacred vessels taken from the temple, the house of God at Jerusalem by his grandfather, to be filled with wine. And they were to drink a toast uh, to the gods of gold and silver and iron and wood and stone. See, Belshazzar thought he was such an important person. He, 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 he glorified in his defiance of the God of heaven. He, he, he gloried in his self-importance. He, he had failed and refused to humble his heart before the God of heaven. And when this rivalry was at its height, suddenly there was an interruption that stilled the whole multitude. The music stopped. The merriment ceased. Jaws dropped open. Knees knocked. Because over against the many candlesticks that lit up the banqueting hall, everyone could see a disembodied hand whose finger wrote out a message on the plaster of the wall. And in a moment, that proud, mocking, arrogant, blaspheming, half-drunk king called Belshazzar, he became cold stone sober. A sense of fear and dread gripped his heart and mind. He became physically sick, so much so that his knees knocked together. He stared at the writing on the wall. He became fearful. He knew something terrible was going to happen. Something terrible was going to befall him. Then he called for the wise men to interpret the writing. He asked them, what do the words mean? They could not tell him. They said it was impossible. Upon the advice of the queen who came into the banquet, Daniel the prophet was called. He was offered certain things if he could give the interpretation, things to enrich him. Daniel refused them all. But he did say, I'll tell you what the writing means. And so he did. The writing, he told them, was a message of judgment. 
The God of heaven is saying, Belshazzar, your life is over. You've been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Later that night, the 12th of October, 539, Babylon fell. And that very night, grandson to Nebuchadnezzar called Belshazzar, he was slain. And his blood was mingled with the wine that he drunk. The Medes and Persians took the empire. They had divided the course of the river Euphrates. The river bread had dried up. The Medes and Persians crawled along the empty riverbed and sacked the city from within. Listen to what Daniel chapter 5 verse 30 tells us. In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about three score and two years old. And I want us to think tonight of this message in Daniel 5, upon the title, The Night That God Stopped the Party. I want you to think tonight of the sacrilege at the party. See, one word describes this great sacrilege at this party of Belshazzar, and it was this, godlessness. Godlessness summed up the life of Belshazzar. Belshazzar was godless. Here he is preparing a great feast, we're told, for a thousand of his lords, his wives and his concubines, and no doubt their womanfolk were there. The great and the good, the rich and the powerful, the princes and the governors, the judges, those that were anybody in the city of Babylon and beyond. But there was one visitor they didn't invite. There was one unwanted, uninvited guest. And that guest suddenly came into the party. And that guest was none other than God himself. He came as the living and the true God. He, he came as the God of heaven. He is the most high God. He was the God in whose hand the breath of the king was and the thousand of his lords and their wives and, and their concubines. And see, I want you to think tonight of this party with all its secularization, leaving God out. It is not a picture of people today leaving God out of their life. And could I tell you, young people, that's one of the great sacrileges of all time. And let me say this tonight as a minister of the gospel. I believe God is left out of the life of our country today. Out of the life and witness of the United Kingdom, how do I know? The United Kingdom would not have passed the laws it did if God had been in the center of the thinking of the lawmakers of the United Kingdom. You, you think with me, for example, of the 1967 Abortion Act. And to date, it's widely reported that almost nine million little babies, innocent little children, they have been sacrificed to the great God of sexual pleasure and so-called freedom. And of course, that abortion act has now been introduced into Northern Ireland. And I want to say tonight to our assembly men and women that I believe that to be a great sin before the Lord. 
And I believe that the God of heaven has taken notice of it. And I believe tonight with all my heart that judgment is sure to follow. See, time and time again, our united kingdom refused to restore the death penalty for murder in the first degree. You think of the murder of our British soldiers, the murder of Royal Ulster Constabulary officers, the murder of members of the Ulster Defence Force. Why? All because they wore the uniform of the crown. Many of them were from the Protestant community. And during the 40 years of hell-inspired terrorism by the IRA in this country, innocent people, innocent Roman Catholics as well as Protestants and members of the Crown Forces were all brutally murdered, blown apart. And our government, the United Kingdom government, refused to have the death penalty on the statute book. You add to that the legislation for the sin of homosexuality. You think of recently the legislation for so-called same-sex marriage. It's homosexual marriage. It's not true marriage according to the mind and the law of God. You think of the legislation of the Sunday trading laws. Is it not written in God's book, Woe unto them that profane the Sabbath? You see, God is left out of the country today. The country is being sacralized. Is God not left out of the church today? Remember what we read over there in Revelation 3 and 20? The church of the Laodiceans, it's called that. It's as if they belong to them. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Why is the Lord knocking on the church door? The answer is, he's on the outside. See, if we were to ask today, well, what do many churches believe in? What do they stand for? What do they believe about God and about Jesus Christ? And what do they believe about sin? And what do they believe about salvation? And what do they believe about soul and eternal damnation? You see, many don't believe the Bible. They, they, they don't believe in the old book and the old paths and the old truths. Wherein's the good way? The, the Savior's outside organized corrupt religion. And the church is continuing with all its mechanics as it's done for years. And I'll tell you what's in the door. Well, here's what's in the door. It's Ichabod. And she named the name of the child Ichabod, saying the glory is departed from Israel because the ark was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband. Can Ichabod be written outside the door of many churches today? And we, of course, could never be smug in the Free Presbyterian Church. And that's something that we need to be aware of, that the glory could depart from us. Is God left outside your church today? Is God not left out of the life of many creatures today? Are there not many Balshazers in the world who live for sin and live for self? It's a, it's a me generation. God has been left out of people's lives. It's as if God has been forgotten about. Oh, well, I, I want to do my thing. I want to go my way. I often reflect of the story of Charles Finney. I don't believe everything Charles Finney wrote and taught or preached. 
But I, I think of his conversion to Christ. He was a lawyer. He, he uh, was asked by his employer uh, what he was going to live for. And he answered that he was going to live for a plaque with his name on it. He was going to make money and earn a good reputation as a lawyer. He was going to get married and have children and settle down and live comfortably. At the end of all, he was going to die. And the employer asked him, well, after death, what will you do then? And he thought about that. He thought of a scripture. And so was appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. And he was so shocked. At the thought of judgment, he rushed out of his office. He went into a nearby park and he got gloriously saved. Remember the Bible says man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And isn't that the sin of many in Northern Ireland tonight? Their, their chief sin is they're just ungodly. They, they have left God out of their life. God's an unwelcome and an unwanted guest. And, and if God come into their life, he, he might spoil their life's party. But I want to tell you, God is not going to spoil the party. God is going to stop the party. Because this is what he did for Belshazzar. This was Belshazzar's last night. And he wasn't aware of it. It came unexpectedly. And that's the sacrilege at the party. That's the sacralization that went on in the 12th of October, 539 BC. Is that what's going on in your life? Let, let's pray for our people. Let, let's pray for our church. Let, let's pray for our country that God and wrath would remember mercy. Could I point you tonight to a second thing? On this night that God stopped the party. I want you to think of the sins at the party. You see, this was Belshazzar's last night on earth. And I think of his lifestyle and his last night. There were certain specific sins that come to the fore. Do you know that there was a sin, first of all, of indifference? You think of these golden and silver vessels that they filled with wine. It's mentioned there in verse 2 and in the verse 4. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the gold and the silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Verse 4, they drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood and stone. You see, these golden vessels would have reminded him of God. They pointed him in a Godward direction. Belshazzar knew about God. Belshazzar knew about God's dealings with his grandfather. Didn't Daniel reiterate that to him whenever he stood before him in this last night? That was mentioned from the verse 18 right down to the verse 23. He knew about Nebuchadnezzar getting saved. But he didn't humble himself before God of heaven. In fact, he lifted himself up against the God of heaven. Isn't that what Daniel says? Verse 22, And thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. You see, there, there was the sin of indifference. He knew who the vessels belonged to. He knew why they had never been used before. 
He knew that God had spoken the past to his grandfather and that God had dealt with a relative that his relative, even his grandfather, might be saved. And maybe there's someone in your family and God has dealt with. Maybe it's a mother. Maybe it's a, a husband. Maybe it's a child. And, 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 and God has dealt with that individual and they too are saved. And tonight, as you listen to this broadcast, you are not a child of God. Maybe you said to a mother, when a mother asked you to meet you in heaven and you promised her that you would, but tonight you're not bothered about that promise. You haven't listened to her wise counsel. See, there was a sin of indifference. Belshazzar knew about God in whose hand his breath is, but he was indifferent to him. Not only was there sin of indifference, but there was a sin of indulgence. Did you read the words in the text, drank wine? Do you know that those words are mentioned six times in Daniel chapter 5? This was a night of drinking booze. Daniel 5 and 1. Daniel 5 and 2, it's mentioned twice. 5 and 3, 5 and 4. And it's mentioned again in chapter 5, verse 23, by Daniel, have drunk wine in them. See, there was indulging in the consumption of alcohol. Belshazzar, I believe, was literally drunk. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1, um, wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Belshazzar, I believe, in his drunken state had lost control of its thoughts. He, he had no respect for himself or for the lords at the party. The Bible instructs us, don't tarry long at wine. Don't look upon it when it's in the cup. Let me tell you this little story. Story of the late Pastor Willie Mullen, the great Baptist preacher here in Northern Ireland. When he was 13, he records this in his book, Trump After God. He said an older man had been betting on a horse and he had given the older man the tip that the horse would win. The horse did win and the man came and found Willie Mullen. He had made a lot of money and they met together in Newtonards. Willie Mullen was 13 and this man introduced him to his first drink. And soon Willie Mullen was on the road to become an alcoholic. You see, no one ever decides to become an alcoholic. And I want to tell you that this media that we live in, this media is no friend to the souls of men and women. This media will never show you the real true effects of the life of an alcoholic. You think of a young man vomiting the gutter after a night of drinking. You, 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 you think of a, a young woman beaten black and blue because a drunken man or boyfriend has come home. Have there not been 32,800 domestic violence cases in Northern Ireland this year, many of them drink-related? You, you think of a young child crying, where's my daddy? And the daddy's still in the boozer, paying uh, the, uh, for the booze over the counter with the money that's to put food on the table and clothes on the back of his family. He, he's showing off as, as one who can drink the most. You see, there was indulgence in alcohol. I believe also there was indulgence of food. There was a sin of gluttony. And here's a picture of the end time age. You think of the amount of money that's spent on booze in Northern Ireland. You, you think of those that spend their time to get blocked out of their mind and lose their control, lose respect. And they have a life of woe and sorrow and emptiness and contention. There was a sin of indulgence. Could I tell you as well, there was a sin of idolatry. 
They praised the gods of gold and silver. Babylon's always associated with idolatry. From the days of its founder, by Nimrod, the Tower of Babel. Remember, they built a tower to reach the heavens, to worship the sun, the moon, the stars. And I believe the spirit of Babylon is alive and well today. These vessels were for sacred use, set to the one side, and now they're being used for a secular use. Could I ask you tonight, who or what is your God? Is it the God of materialism? Do you treat your job in an idolatrous fashion? Maybe it's your car, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your farm. You, you think tonight of Nebuchadnezzar and these vessels. It's mentioned here in verse 3, the house of God. And you think of the sacrilege of the Lord's house that goes on. You, you think of the treatment of God's day. The Lord's day is a day for the worshipping of the one living and true God. Many today haven't kept the Sabbath. And isn't that why Israel was in Babylonian captivity for 70 years? There was a lack of public and private worship. I want to tell you, it's not enough for the Roman Catholic Church just to have its mass on a Saturday night and then tell its people they can do what they like on the Sunday. That's not the teaching of the Scriptures. The mass, of course, is blasphemous and an abomination unto the Lord. You think of God's name. Used today as a swear word, the breaking of the third commandment. It's just habitual. It, people do it without even blushing. It has no effect on their conscience or their heart and mind. What about God's word? Just treat it as an ordinary book, a book full of error, not to be taken seriously, certainly not listened to, certainly not obeyed. What about God's son? He's rejected. He came unto his own. His own received him not. What about God's blood? Well, it's trampled underfoot. There's no fear or thought of God. You see, there's the sin of idolatry. Not only indifference and indulgence, but idolatry. There's another sin, the sin of immorality. Remember these concubines that we read about, his wives and his concubines in the verse 2? What type of woman were they? I believe they were selected for their beauty. I believe they were being used for a carnal pleasure. Some commentators give the description that they were rancid and corrupt and obscene. You just think of them all dolled up at the banquet. No respect for them or, 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 or for the men to whom they were meeting. They were just out for the fulfillment of their own sensual lust. You see, we live in a world of immorality, do we not? A world where adultery is just the order of the day. Where, where homosexuality is praised and paraded on our streets. A day of fornication. A day when, when incest is happening. A day when there's those who are clamoring for bestiality. You, you think of those young ladies who end up with an unwanted pregnancy. They have engaged in an act of sexual pleasure. They discover they're pregnant, they're having a baby. It's a baby of inconvenience. Let's just get rid of it. Let's abort the baby. You see, there's a sin of immorality. And whenever you've got indifference and indulgence, you will have, of course, idolatry and immorality. And can I tell you as well, there'll be a sin of indifference. Belshazzar had no thought nor fear of God, despite his father's, his grandfather's testimony, going out all over the 127 provinces, despite his grandfather getting saved and getting right with God. Listen to these words, and thou his son, O Belshazzar, 
hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. And they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords and thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver, the gods of gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not their hear nor know, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified? There was a sin of ignorance. The God in whose hand thy breath is, thou was not glorified. He was ignorant of who God is. He was ignorant that judgment was about to fall. And that night the Medes and Persians came from beneath the city. They sacked Babylon. The sense of false security. He had no thought. He thought of peace and safety and well-being, but sudden destruction. Doesn't the Bible say, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for no man knoweth what a day may bring forth? Doesn't the Bible say in Proverbs 29 and verse 1, he that been often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. You see, there were the sins at the parting. Could I tell you in closing about the sentence at the parting? You see, the scene changed. When they saw the hand, when they saw the finger write out a message, the Lord had a strange way of getting Belshazzar's attention. The king was in a terrible state, full of fear and trembling. His knees were knocking together. He, he wanted an answer. What does this mean? The wise men couldn't tell him. And Daniel was sent for. And the sentence was explained. Meany means God has numbered thy kingdom and finished it. In other words, death is coming for you. Your days are over. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and found one thing. Judgment is coming. And Perez, separation and destruction. There's God's message of death and judgment and hell to follow. This man was faithfully warned that night. He, he desired to know. He trembled. But it was too late. What a night to go out and meet God with the smell of booze in his breath. I want you to think tonight of who died. It was Belshazzar the king. He made Daniel the third ruler. His father was the first, Nebondus. He was the second in line being the first son. And yet, it was Belshazzar the king who was slain. Isn't that what our text says? And that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain. See, death is no respecter of persons. It was the king that died that night. Could I tell you when he died? He died as a young man. Did you know that Daniel was about 88 years of age? The 70 years of Israel in captivity were about to come to the end and Belshazzar, it is reckoned, was about 35 years of age. See, Daniel 5 only covers one night. Daniel 4 covers, remember, eight years in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel 2 and 3, it covers 2,500 years. But Daniel 5 only covers one night. This young man was 35. You might say he was too young to die. Can I tell you, there's no guarantee of tomorrow. 
You may live to an old man or woman, but I believe it's foolish to think that you will. It's not guaranteed. My times are in thy hands. Your times are in God's hands. It says, in that night. That night. This night thy soul shall be acquired of thee. The Lord gave Nebuchadnezzar twelve months and then dealt with them because he hadn't yet repented. The Lord gave Belshazzar that night. But a few hours, sudden, unexpected death, judgment, and hell was coming. And the question is this, are you ready? Hasn't the Lord a way of getting your attention? Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a text from a family member. Maybe it's a word from the doctor. Maybe, maybe it's the police knocking at the door. Maybe it's some other calamity or tragedy that has come into your life. And, and you have been brought to a state where you're stone cold sober. And your knees have knocked and you've feared and trembled. I want you to think of the way that he died. Not only who died and when, but the way he was slain. Isn't that what the Bible says? Using the word slain. That means he was slain by the sword at the hand of the military. The army of the Medes and Persians that came. And I believe his blood was mingled with the wine. He died physically. He died spiritually, an unrepentant soul. Because Daniel tells us, Hast not humbled thine heart, but has lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. This young man at 35 lived in defiance of God. Who is the Lord that I should obey him? And remember, there's two ways to die, young people, if you're listening to me. You can die in Christ, and blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Or you can die without Christ. Remember Jesus said three times, If you die in your sins where I am, there you cannot be. John 8, 22, right through to verse 24. And I want to tell you tonight, if you die without Christ, you'll probably wish in that day of judgment that you'd never been born. The Bible tells us there in the Gospel of Matthew, the Lord Jesus said, And fear not them which can kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and hell and body. The great Hugh Latimer was preaching to um, Henry VIII, and he was warned by the king that he'd preached a message that whoremongers and adulterers, God would judge. And the king warned him and told him, remember before whom thou art preaching. And he said he was well aware that he's preaching before the king. But he said he wasn't accountable to that king. He was accountable to a greater king. The king of kings and lord of lords. Voltaire, the French atheist. He maintained there is no God. He maintained there is no hell. But before he died, he told his nurse that there is a God. And there is a hell, and I'm lost forever. Fear not them which can kill the body, but rather fear him that hath power to throw both body and soul into hell. Remember the rich man died and was buried and in hell lifted up his eyes in torment. You can die physically, and you can die spiritually without Christ, but then you'll die eternally. In the torments of the damned. 
in the place where the fire is not quenched, in the place where there's eternal darkness, in the place where the worm dieth not, in the place of eternal punishment and torment. The sentence at the party, it was explained and it was executed. Tonight I ask you, as you think of the life of Belshazzar, think of the sacrilege at the party. God was left out. Is that true of you in your life? He's an uninvited, unwelcome guest. You think of the sin of the party. Are you guilty of these chief certain sins tonight? Whether it's ignorance, whether it's indifference, whether tonight it's immorality or idolatry or indulgence, or whatever other type of sin it is tonight, we would ask that you think about these sins and then think about the sentence. Your sentence has been explained. The sentence can be executed. Remember the God in whose hand your breath is. I pray that you'll seek him. I pray that you'll humble yourself before him, recognize your sin, receive Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, rejoice in God's salvation. I commend this message to you, and I pray the Lord will apply his word. You think of the night that God stopped the party and the results that happened.